Guys, do me a favor. You know the drill. Turn to someone, say hello, give a high five, give a hug while I get set up up here. All right. How's everyone doing today? On the count of three, we're going to do a little bit of a chant, okay? We're going to say, go Pats on three. One, two, three. Go Pats. Uh, wow, that's, that's going to be an interest, interesting night. Interesting night. You guys know the song um, by Taylor Swift, Shake It Off? You guys know that song? Yeah? Yeah? All right, here's what we're going to do. Everyone get up. Stand up on your feet. So get up, and we're just going to shake it off. Shake it off. Well, let me explain first. Everyone stand up for a second. Um, today has been a weird day. I think both, like, physically, like, I'm sick, but even, like, spiritually, like, it's just been a weird, like, the devil is just trying to do a work, and we're not going to let him, even on Super Bowl day. It's like, whatever stress, whatever um, uh, burdens, whatever it is that you came with, in here with, we're just going to just shake it off, all right? On the count of three, we're just going to shake it off, all right? Because tonight's going to be a night of joy. Whoever wins, doesn't matter. We're going to have worship. We're going to have the Super Bowl food. We're going to talk to each other, have a big old kingdom looks like family time. And yeah, so just on the count of three, we're just going to shake it off, all right? One, two, three, shake it off. Come on, shake it off, shake it off. Wow, that's good. Good job, guys. I didn't even plan that. This is on the spot. So just shake it off, shake it off. All right. We're good. Thank you. That was not planned. That was just, that was the Holy Spirit telling me to play Taylor Swift. So, um, so as you guys know, today's service will be a little bit shorter. Um, I'll try to take like a fourth of the time. So I'll try not, I'll try to keep it under like 50 minutes. That's usually about, I'm <laughs> uh, just kidding. I'll keep it. I'll keep it short. Um, the reason we pointed out these crew necks is because if you guys are going to be joining us next week, we will be selling these in this color in gray and navy. So a gray sweater with navy writing and then a gray sweater with black uh, writing. And then it says Kingdom Looks Like Family on the back of all of them. So if you guys want to support Revive, if you want to be here next week, um, yeah, it's going to be a really, really awesome time. Um, yeah, I don't really... I don't have a thing for titles. I don't feel like I need to be called pastor by any means. But I know that for our church, uh, it's important for whoever is leading it to understand the responsibility that holds of someone leading a ministry, of someone up here preaching. There is a certain, um, you're going to, you know, the Bible says that you're going to count for what you speak and what you teach in front of the Lord. And and my dad and and the pastors that are in that church just understand that. And as as leaders and as as leader of Revive, um, he they want me to understand that 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 idea, the 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 responsibility that that I will hold. So I don't want to be treated any different. I don't want to be any different than what I've been right now. Um, I just want to be your guys' friend and yeah, I'll be ordained next week. So if you guys want to come, come join. It's going to be a good time. Um, I'm a little sick right now. So if I sound nasally and stuff, I wasn't crying before this. It's just, you know, it's just a little bit of a cold. Um, last weekend, I wasn't here. Um, my boy John back there spoke the word. I heard it was a really blessed, blessed evening. Give him a round of applause for jumping up, being bold. Come on. Come on. Um, uh, with that being said, if you want to preach anytime, come up to me. Trust me, I, I'll give you the spot. You can come up here and talk. So female or male, come on up here, speak the word. Um, so last weekend I was at, uh, at a retreat. Um, it was kind of like a 
I'm going to try to describe this the best way. It was kind of like a Slavic leaders retreat. Uh, two pastors or two guys that are in, really involved in ministry down in Florida set up this weekend where they rented out three houses, gathered a bunch of like youth leaders and leaders from like across the U.S. and just pretty much housed them for a few days. And just from morning to night, we had like ate breakfast together, had a session where someone was teaching or like a Q&A, ate lunch together, another session of worship and prayer, and all together for pretty much three days, just a group of like leaders across America. There's people from like Sacramento, Washington, like that flew in from Canada, from like Germany. Like there was a whole bunch of people in this, in these few houses. And it was a, it was an awesome time to really like just soak everything in. I mean, all the conversations, everything you would be hearing around the entire day were just about Jesus, how Jesus is working in Sacramento, how Jesus is working in Washington and in Canada, like all these places, like how Jesus was working. It was really awesome. Just kind of just have three days where you're just surrounded by like, like just walking like kingdom looks like family. You know what I mean? Where all day is just all about Jesus, you know? And um, today this short, short message will be simply about what the Lord was kind of opening up to me during that time. I don't know if you guys remember um, the first um, installment, I guess, of our sermon series. We have a ongoing three-part sermon series about ministry. We've gotten two parts, and then there's weekends where we didn't have service or I left and stuff. So the last part will be not next weekend, but the weekend after that, because next weekend is the uh, one-year celebration. So um, the first very first sermon, I talked about uh, the, the message of reconciliation, our, our calling um, as, a, as a ministry to reconcile people back to Jesus. And um, and this is kind of like an extension of that. The Lord was opening up to me that I just wanted to share with you guys. It's kind of raw. It's not really set up in any particular way. So just let the Holy Spirit lead and, and, uh, and it's going to be, it's going to be good. So open up with me, Luke 9 verses uh, 23 to 27. So as I was praying one day during this retreat, actually, the Lord actually opened up the spot to me and, and it was kind of weird, uh, the way he put it, but I'm going to read it first. And it says, and he said to all, this is Jesus speaking. He says, and he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself for whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him will the son of man be ashamed when it, when he comes in his glory and the glory of the father and of the holy angels but i tell you truly there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of god so the lord has kind of opened it up to me and 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 here's here's kind of my mindset while i was going so everybody close their eyes real quick i'll close my eyes too i just you know and just imagine the beginning of the year when we were making our New Year's resolutions, right? Like, what am I going to do within this year? What what plans do I have? What do I want to do with my job? What do I want to do with my ministry, with my family, with my relationship, with my friendships? Whatever it is, just imagine that. This is what was going through my head. And the Lord is like, now imagine carrying your cross every single day doing those plans. You can open your eyes up now. So I was like, for me, this was really confusing because I'm like, oh, well... There's no physical crosses really. Like, do I have to wear like a necklace with a cross? Or like, what does that mean to take up your cross and carry it every single day? And I don't know why he opened up for me like my year's plans, the way I set things up. 
And he started really opening up to me the fact that we often set our yearly plans without even realizing this passage of saying, take up your cross daily. If we look at 2019 as a whole, all our goals, what we want to accomplish, all of these things, are we considering that we should be taking up our cross daily in all of those goals? I mean, he's literally saying, listen, I want you to take up your cross every single day. You have a goal in your job, in your career, I want you to take up your cross during that. You have a goal in your education, are you graduating, are you getting a new job, whatever it is, I want you to take up your cross daily in that process. You have a ministry that you're involved in, I want you to carry that cross daily. So my second question came to the Lord. I'm like, I, again, Lord, is that physically? Is that spiritually? What does it mean to take up your cross every single day? So now, I did some research on um, the actual crosses used for crucifixion, right? Um, And, man, these were big crosses. Like, these were not, like, little, like two by fours and stuff like that. The, what I saw, well, what I read was that oftentimes the vertical part of it was up to 15 feet. And then the, the, the wide portion of it or the portion for the arms was about like seven to eight feet wide. So if you could imagine carrying these things up into the place where you're, you're actually walking to death, like they were big crosses. This was not just like a little like, oh, we'll just give you a make-believe one until you get up there and then that's where the real one is. Oftentimes they, they carry the entire thing. And, and I know some places actually uh, describe that they wouldn't actually carry the entire thing. They would just carry the eight-foot part of it, like the half that like comes like that. But either way, this is like, and it said something about weighing close to like twice as amount as the person. So if the person's like a, an average person's like, you know, a man's like 180, it would be twice that. So it'd be like 260, 260 pounds, this entire cross. Now, of course, that's just people studied that. And, and was my math wrong? Yeah. Close enough. Close enough. 180 times, get 360. So <laughs> listen, I preach. I'm not a mathematician. Okay. <laughs> So I started thinking about what this cross means to us, specifically in the passage. I mean, overall, we understand what the cross means, right? When we take it back to creation story, we take it back to when God created man, he breathed in man and said, I want to be in your body. I want to walk with you and in you. And everything you do, I want to be right by your side. I want to be quite literally the the air in your lungs. It's me. That was his original intention. The Lord said, that's how I created man. And we all know the story of what happens next. Sin enters the world and it disrupts this relationship between man and God. And we see that there's this whole process of a a sacrifice that needs to be made in order to come before the Lord in this continuous process. But, I mean, the Lord knew that that entire time there would be one sacrifice that would ultimately happen to account for all sins. Right? At that time, they didn't know. There was prophets that would project it, but at the time, it didn't happen. And now we know, living today, that that sacrifice happened, that Jesus was the ultimate high priest, the sacrifice that needed to be made to account for all our sins. And I began to think about the cross. Right, We sing all these songs of resurrection power and what it means that the power is in resurrection. True, but the sacrifice was in the cross. Without dying up on the cross, there, there would be no resurrection to happen. So the sacrifice that needed to be made was Jesus dying on the cross. And so I began to decide, just kind of think and pray. And I'm like, okay, Lord, so now when we're looking and when Jesus is telling people this, before he even dies, when he's telling people this, just imagine when, when, when Jesus is speaking these words, it's before he dies. So he's telling them to take up their cross, but they're not going to understand what that means until well after he dies. Like, what does he mean, take up his cross? 
And so now I think about it today and, and, and what the, the significance of ta- taking up your cross is. I believe that the cross it, it resembles the sacrifice that was made by Jesus to, to account for all our sins, to quite literally transform our lives and create a, a place where his grace can come into. And so when I think of in our lives, when we're taking up our cross daily, it's the sacrifice that we make to show people Jesus in our lives. I mean, oftentimes Jesus talks about how, how it's not easy to be one of his followers. It's not easy to be his disciple. There's a reason he says take up your cross because he knows that the, the sacrifice of walking daily with your cross, it, it's a big sacrifice. But ultimately what you're doing carrying that cross is pointing people back to Jesus. So when he says, hey, I'm, I'm asking you to, to deny yourself and take up your cross daily, it's that every day you wake up and you say, Lord, all I want to do is show you. Just imagine for a second carrying this cross, right? This giant, let's say that it is how much it's projected. That big, 8 foot wide, 15 foot tall. The cool thing about this is that when someone's carrying his cross, you can see from far away that that person's carrying a cross. So when people see us from far away, they see Jesus in our lives. If we're taking up our cross daily, they see Jesus in our lives. And even more, when they're right next to us, all they can see is Jesus in our lives. I mean, just imagine how big the cross is. You, don't, you deny yourself because you're, you're showing not yourself anymore, but you're just showing Jesus and what he did in your life. So when he's saying take up your cross daily, it's saying, listen, in everything you do, in your 2019 plans, in your families, whatever it is, I want you to deny yourself and take up the cross. Allow me to work. Allow my grace to enter every part of your 2019. I mean, it's so big because when we think about it, it you know, we, we think of the, 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 the physical sig- significance of a cross, right? It, it's, the, it's sometimes the sacrifice we have to make with our, with our time, uh, with finances, all these things to serve the Lord, right? That, that, that is a sacrifice in itself. I, de- I believe that that's part of taking up the cross is, Lord, I'm going to give whatever I have. I'm sacrificing it all for your glory, for your kingdom. And it's even funny because at the end of this passage, he says, but truly, I tell you that there's some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Boy, do I want to live like that, where I don't even want to taste death until I see the kingdom of God in this place. Until I could do everything in my life to reflect who Jesus is and everything I do. That's what taking up your cross means. See, I think that bearing our crosses, it's, it's just reaffirming the covenant that Jesus made with people. We understand the old covenant, that the new covenant is, listen, I, I want to live with you guys now. I, I've, I've died for your sins. I've died for your trespasses. I've died for the things that weigh you down. You have freedom because of the resurrection in those things. And he's saying this is the new covenant that we may walk bearing our cross and showing people that no matter what's going on in the world, Jesus is the answer. We're wearing, we're bearing and holding this cross because all we want to do is show Jesus to people. You know, um, recently I was kind of thinking about this whole uh, law that passed in New York about uh, abortion. And I was really praying about this because I'm like, Lord, why is this, like, obviously it should weigh on my heart, but why, is, why are you pointing that, this out specifically? And, and like most people, when I heard about this first, I kind of want to take it to Facebook and Instagram and start yelling and telling, like, this is unbelievable. This is, like, this is crazy. Like, how, like, how could they pass up to, like, six months of, of being pregnant that you can abort? You have the right to do that. Um, and, and the Lord started to open up to me something that, that really struck me. And he says... He said that us as, as people cultivated uh, a, a need for that, 
I mean, we, we created an, a place where people, women need the option to abort their baby at six months. And I, I thought about the church and I'm like, man, we, we are part of that. We've, we've cultivated a, a place where, where women are so broken that they feel like that's the last option that they have is just to abort the baby. As men, as spiritual fathers, we've created a place. And I hope you don't think that abortions are just outside the church because there's a lot that happens inside the church and that maybe we don't project and you don't hear about, but it happens inside the church. But as, as men, we've, we've, we've created an area where women feel the need that are so broken, that are so lost, that the only option they have is to kill the life inside of them. And when the Lord began to open it up to me like that, I was like, man, like that breaks my heart. It doesn't make me mad. It doesn't make me upset, really. It breaks my heart. Because I know a lot of times, like, these women, it's their last option. That's what they feel like. They don't have a father in their lives. They don't have a, a person in their lives that they feel could take care of the baby. So that's their last option. And it breaks my heart that people are so broken in this world and don't have Jesus in their life to, to restore what is fractured. That's what Jesus does. I mean, he quite literally puts back together what is broken. And us as the church, you know, maybe, and here's what I believe. I believe that there's Christians in the government that are really can make a change and that's going to happen. But us as Christians can begin to reflect Jesus in a way that we reflect it to every person we see. And when they get a taste of Jesus, when he comes into their lives, they're not going to want to abort. They're not, that's not even going to be an option in their minds because they have Jesus, the one that takes the broken and puts it back together. That's not going to be an option in our, in their minds. And when we live in a way where we're taking up our cross, daily, we are showing people that there's something more. There's another option. There's one that died on the cross for everything that we have, everything that weighs us down, and that is the person that's going to put us all back together. When we think of uh, reconciliation and, and, and this, this, uh, this ministry that we have, uh, uh, I think I, I talked about it a little bit, but what, what it really means is, is we're taking something that was, was once whole and it's now broken apart. And we point them back to Jesus because we're not the ones that are going to put people back together, but Jesus is the one that's going to put people back together. He's, going, he's the one that takes what what's, was once broken and puts it back because of his grace. And, and, and now in a season of, of Super Bowls and the seasons of everything we have coming up and the busyness and all of that and the next year in the planning, I, I pray that we have this verse in mind, that we, we do everything taking up our cross daily. I mean, we, we, we do nothing but wake up in the morning and say, like, how can I show Jesus to people? There was one more passage that I shared with a couple of people that, that really struck me. And, and it's going to sound familiar, but I want to, I want to uh, look at it in a different way. It's Matthew seven twelve. It's the golden rule. It says, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Let me repeat that. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Now, I believe that there's a very passive way of looking at the scripture. Like, yeah, of course. Like in any situation, like uh, the way I react is how I want that person to react. That, that makes sense. The way that people like, uh, the way that they show love to me, that the way, the, way that I wa- the way that I want them to show love to me, the way that I want them to care for me, of course, like I'm going to do that to them. But then I read the message version and, and it's, I think it takes a, a, little, a little bit deeper. It says this, and here is a simple rule of thumb guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you. Then grab the initiative and do it for them. Add up God's law and the prophets, and this is what you get. 
I mean, just imagine the difference between the way you look at this verse versus I just want people to react the way like I would want them to react to me and saying, I'm going to take everyone in this room. I'm going to, I'm going to look at what they need, what I would want from them. And I'm going to be the first to do that. I'm it's the difference between actively loving someone and passively loving someone. It's easy to, it's easy to passively love someone. They love you. You return the love simple, but it's a whole nother step where it's no matter who is in front of you, no matter who in your life is around you, you're going to say, listen, what would I want them to do in my life? And I'm going to take that step and I'm going to do it first. So as we, as we come to a close in this entire thing, the reason I bring that up is, is because I believe that that is a huge part of our lives and, and a part of our ministry and how we're going to get people to, to experience Jesus the way we do. During this uh, retreat, <clears throat> there was a time where um, it was just awesome. We were worshiping and everyone was jumping and, and praising the Lord and stuff like that. And I was kind of in my corner just, just, just sitting to myself, you know what I mean? Just praying and, and, and talking to the Lord because he was putting something else in my heart and I just needed to, to pray to him about that. And, and he kept telling me, like, speak this out. Tell this to the people. And I, and I came up to the mic and, and as everyone's just worshiping, it's kind of dying down. I told him, I'm like, listen, uh, people don't get to experience this. People don't get to come into here to worship and, and feel the Holy Spirit in an incredible way that changes everything in our lives. We all can remember the moment that that happened. It's not even necessarily the moment you chose to follow Christ. There was a moment where the Holy Spirit touched you in a way where you're like, this is something more. This is not just a religious belief system. This is not just something I've done my entire life. Something happened on the inside that I can't turn away anymore. But some people do not get that experience. Some people have not had that yet. And they walk in this world of, uh, of, of fear and hate and worry, and they don't have an outlook on life. And we're the ones that can shine Jesus in a way that gives them that outlook. That he can, can even give them that small taste of what they need to say, oh no, this is something different. This is something more. I need Jesus in my life. And maybe it's a simple message. Maybe you've heard this a thousand times before. But as we think coming up in February and the rest of this year, it's really easy to get sidetracked by our goals, our missions, what we want to do. And we forget that we should be taking up our cross daily. And more importantly, denying ourselves daily. Saying, listen, I, I'm not going to live for my own needs, for my own wants anymore. I'm going to take up my cross and I'm going to do whatever I can to show Jesus to the people around me. Because that's what's going to bring them back. And so as I w- invite the worship team back up here, and, and when we get into this, uh, this, this last song and we're going to have fun afterwards and fellowship and eat food, uh, during this time, I just... I ask that you just look in your life, and I kind of brought up this the leader team. Look at your sphere of influence, the people you interact with weekly. Every single week, whether it's at work, whether it's at school, Bible study, groups, whatever it is, think about those people just for this prayer. And think about in your life, if, if you've been taking up the cross daily and showing Jesus to those people, because I can imagine if we start doing that, just, we don't even often, I believe that we're going to evangelize, we're going to go to other countries, but oftentimes we don't even take the people just simply around us on a weekly basis and say, Lord, what can I do to love these people better? It says, take the initiative and do it for them. I mean, that love is what's going to really show show people who Jesus is, is that outside these walls, we could be the same as when we worship in here. In our jobs, we could worship the same as we worship in here. And in our schools, if you're a teacher, whatever it is, in our families, we can do and worship exactly like we do here. That's what this means. 
And through that process, I believe, I really, really believe is that's where we see revival. That's where we see it. That's where I be. I really believe change is going to happen. Because it's really easy to come into a place this where the worship's on and the lights are perfect and all that. It's, it's easy to be there. And I'm like, Lord, I just feel your presence. But unless we take that presence and we're able to shine it to people outside these walls, what's the point? I want more people to know Jesus. That's all my heart is for. My heart breaks for the people that don't know him. It's the truth. And we have the ability, not just me, but we have the ability, every single one of us to say, Lord, use me this week. Use me in 2019 in a way where I'm just taking on my cross and everywhere I'm walking, people just see Jesus everywhere I go. So during this time, just just pray. And I know the Holy Spirit's going to begin showing you, this is where you could love more. This is where you could shine Jesus more. This is where you could take up your cross and say, Lord, I'm going to surrender my life in a way where every single day I want to take up your cross. Let's stand and worship. As I was praying for today's service, I just felt like um, the Lord wanted to release um, his promises. And what I mean by that is maybe just a reminder of his promises. Um, Because sometimes we forget In Psalm 31, three different areas of this verse, he says, My life, my every moment, my destiny, it's all in your hands. Lord, how wonderful you are. You have stored up so many good things for us, like a treasure chest spilling over with blessings for all those who honor and worship you. So cheer up. Take courage, all who love him. Wait for him to break through for you, all who trust him. Jesus, thank you for your promises. Thank you that they are so true and so real. Thank you that we get to hang on to them that you remind us of your promises to break through for us that our lives, our destiny is in your hands that you're a good father and if our lives are in your hands you only have good in store for us thank you for the reminder of our identity tonight and who we are in you So as we go through this thing we call life, the ups and downs, keep reminding us of your promises. Keep reminding us that you'll break through for us as long as we trust you. Thank you for releasing more promises tonight. Thank you for the reminder of dying to ourselves tonight. It's not about us. It's that easy and it's that hard. So help us to do that as we live day to day.
Help our days not be mundane. Help us remember that every day matters. So we just seal what's been spoken tonight. We seal this promise. We take hold of it and we don't let it go. And we trust you. In the midst of doubt, in the midst of confusion. In the midst of broken promises from people around us. We remember that you don't break promises. You stay true. So I just pray for the rest of this week. I thank you for the Monday through Saturday and that you show up in the day to day. As long as we just look at you, that we are not a generation of people who look at you only on Sundays. We don't live Sunday to Sunday. We live day to day looking at you. We live day to day giving up ourselves, taking up that cross. And because of that, we see your hand in everything we do. Because we are a generation, we are a group of people who honor and love you and worship you. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. We seal what's been spoken tonight. We thank you for community and family and friendship. We thank you for speaking and showing up Sunday after Sunday. Jesus' name we pray. Amen.